I told Mark when he had picked that song, I was like, no better way to be set up and get in front of my church family than asking the Holy Spirit um, to blow and to be in our midst, which he's already here, but he loves to be invited, right? He loves to know that we want him here and we do this morning. I pray that that's why you're here, um, to be encouraged by your church family, to be encouraged by the Lord. Um, and man, I just pray um, that the words that he wants to speak through me this morning are his and his alone, um, and that they would encourage you in your faith um, and in whatever season you're in. That's again, the beauty of a church family is that we're all in different seasons at different times. Um, and somebody may be in a really difficult season and that's when somebody else gets to speak encouragement or somebody else may be um, in a great season um, and be able to lift somebody up. But wherever you are this morning, I'm glad that you chose to be here in this place with these people um, and that we've already invited the Lord here, so he is here. Um, but as he always does, he's our intimate father. He knows each one of us. So I pray this morning um, that you come expectant um, for a word from him. And it may be, uh, there was a preacher um, that was at one of our other churches that I was at when I was growing up. And he always said, if you just get a mustard seed today and walk away with it. And I was always like, well, I want more than a mustard seed. But then when you realize what a mustard seed was and in scripture it was like it was the smallest seed but then it became the biggest tree in the garden for the birds to nest there um, and so again I pray that he has well I know he has a mustard seed for you today but I pray that you would be open um, to receive what he has um, and I, I always just want to say thank you it's an honor um, and a privilege to be up here to get to share the Word of God with you this morning. And so um, I'm thankful to be with you guys. And just in case you forgot who I am, because I know there's some of you that I've met like on a Sunday and Wednesday, I'm like, have we actually met before? Um, I know I've been here over a year, but I am um, the student minister here. So um, if you don't see me, it's because I'm running around um, hanging out with our students. But um, again, just grateful for what I get to do and grateful to be in this family and again just want to echo um, gratitude for the gentries and just our love for them and uh, what a sweet season it's been and of course our boys football so proud of them um, man we got we've got some great students um, some of the teams were like y'all have been our favorite team to play um, because of their attitudes and because they weren't so competitive and wanted to win but they wanted to have fun and to show Jesus but they also won so that's a plus um, <laughs> And then we had our fall retreat last weekend, and so it's just been a sweet season for YAF, uh, Youth at Fourth. And so, again, grateful for what I get to do with them and love them so much. Um, so I want to start by speaking to you what the Lord's been speaking to me. Um, it was a, about a month ago, the Lord um, invited me into something, right? He's always inviting us in. He's always extending an invitation if we'll hear it. Um, and it was one of those days I was tired. Laurie and I were actually talking in the office and I said, man, I'm just, I'm tired. Um, I kind of feel discouraged. I feel like I'm in the ocean and every time I stand up, a wave comes and like knocks me down. And then I stand up again and then it comes and knocks me down. And I just, I was in this place of discouragement and we were chatting and I said, um, even in that conversation, I heard the Lord whisper to me and he said, you're looking at only what you can see. You're looking at the natural, um, which was kind of discouraging in that moment. And I was like, yeah, you're right, because that's all I can see in this moment. And he said, but I have something else for you. I want you to ask me 
what I see. Ask me, what, what's going on in the spiritual realm? What am I doing in my kingdom that maybe you can't see in the physical? And I was like, okay, like help me. Help me to see what you see. Help me to have your eyes in this season, in this moment. Um, and it was just a really sweet thing because even in that moment, I was automatically encouraged because I was like, I know that he's victorious. I know that he's working even when I can't see it. And so I was like, take the veil off. Let me be encouraged in what you're doing in your kingdom. And so I feel like he has that same invitation for each one of you this morning. And even for our church family, um, you know, I know that some of us feel like we're in this season where what's really happening, what's really going on, what we can see with our natural eyes may not look great, or it may not look encouraging, or it may just simply not look like what you want it to. But the Lord says today, I want you to fix your eyes on me. I want you to ask me what I'm doing. Because, right, he's always working, he's always moving. Um, and sometimes we forget it, right? because we're so busy, or we are in a discouraging season, or we are in a place where we feel like we really just can't get focused with our eyes. Um, but that's what he wants to do for us this morning. He wants to extend that same invitation to you today. Um, so I just want to begin by praying, um, and then we'll really just get into what he has for us this morning. Uh, so thank you, Jesus, for this day. Um, what a beautiful um, display of your seasons, of, of the beauty that you are as a creator. I thank you so much as I look out on this crowd and even the people that are joining online. Um, Father, just how pleased you are with your church, how pleased you are with your creation. And so, Father, I pray that you would speak mightily through your word. Holy Spirit, would you come, would you light a fire in us this morning? Um, thank you so much. For 4th Avenue, the body that meets here. God, I pray this morning that we would be encouraged, that we would see with your eyes, and that we would hear with your ears what you have for us. Um, may our hearts be good soil <laughs> that you can put a seed in, and Father, that it would take deep root, and that it would grow, and um, that it would just flourish, just like the mustard seed, just like you want our faith to. Stir us up this morning, Lord. We love you so much, and we pray all this in your name. Amen. Um, I've been captivated by this song um, in the prayer house. And just in case you don't know what the prayer house is, it's amazing. It's now moved into the Moran house over here. Um, and man, if you haven't gotten a chance to go, I would really encourage you um, to take some time to go and see them. Um, they've opened up some midday sets. So if you don't want to get up early in the morning, or if you're just too tired after work, 12 to 2 o'clock, just head on over there. Me and Gary did it the other day, and it's such a blessing. Um, but I've been in the prayer house, and there was a theme even coming up every time I would go over there, and um, there was this song called Jesus, You're Beautiful. And I'd heard it at a church service before, but I had never really um, connected with the lyrics. I mean, I was like, it was a beautiful song, but I had never really connected with it. Um, and in the chorus of the song, it's describing who we see Jesus as in Scripture, particularly in Revelation. Um, and it talks about his hair, it talks about his voice, but the thing that had captivated me um, was his eyes. And the song says, um, and I know that your eyes are like flames of fire. 
flames of fire. I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, that is intense um, when you look at a fire. And I just, I've always loved light. I've always loved looking at light. I feel like a bug. I'm like attracted to light. Like when I first started driving at night, I was always like, oh, look at all the pretty lights. I was like, no, I have to stay focused on the road. Um, But it's like, he's always made me attracted to light. And of course we hear the scripture of Uh, you know, that he is light, he's the light of the world, he created light, he spoke it into being, but specifically about fire. And so this song started playing, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And it says it three times in Revelation that his eyes are like blazing fire, this intensity that just has to captivate you. Um, And so we were sitting around a campfire with my friends and I had told them, I was like, I always feel like a bug. I'm like drawn to light because we were having this conversation around a campfire and I just specifically was just like enamored with the fire. I couldn't look away from the flame. And there was a quiet moment in the conversation and I said, do you ever just like look at a fire? Like I can't stop looking at it. And she said, that's interesting that you say that. Um, I was listening to a sermon the other day, and the preacher kind of went on a tangent, and she said, um, he said that the reason that humans are so enamored and captivated by fire is because it's the eyes of Jesus. When we look into flames, when we look into fire, it's like we are looking into the eyes of Jesus. And my jaw just dropped, and we just sat here in this moment of like, oh my goodness, as for there's a reason that humans are captivated by fire not like a pyromaniac like some of us take it a little too far um but we're captivated by light by flame by fire because it's like looking into his eyes and i was just like now i don't feel like a weirdo i feel like this is actually something that happens i was created to want to look into fire, um, even, you know, like around this time of year, maybe you do it all year long. I don't have a real fireplace in my house, but they've got those videos on YouTube of like the real fireplace. And it's like, oh, I'll just put that on in the background because I like the crackling and I like the music and I'll be doing something. And then I'll look up to the TV and it's like, again, I won't get back to what I'm doing because I'm like, oh, that's so pretty. Like I love looking at fire. Um, and it was just such a sweet moment. And the Lord is like, that's my eyes. That's like gazing at me. That's like looking at me. And of course, all this symbolism of, you know, purification and um, just all these things that fire represent. But it was just that intensity. I was like, his gaze on us, what he wants us to see, just looking at him is so intense, but it's also just really encouraging, right? Like when you can look into the eyes of the maker of the world, the maker of you, the one who knows the plans that he has for you, it was just this really sweet moment. Um, And so even as we just think about that today, um, I just want us to um, picture when we even just, if we don't even know what the eyes of Jesus look like, they look like fire. They look like something that are intense. They're captivating They want us to fix our gaze on them. We are attracted to them for a reason because his eyes are like fire. So as we look at fixing our eyes on Jesus this morning, I think I forgot to say that at the beginning, who knows. Um, But the Lord just was like, fix your eyes. And he just kept saying this to me. And I was like, okay, Lord, like, what are you wanting to speak to your church at Fourth Avenue? And he said, 
I want you to encourage them to fix their eyes on me, especially in this season, not only just in our world, but again as our church um, family to fix our eyes on what he's doing. So we're going to start out in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and really this whole chapter is wonderful, but I kind of wanted to take um, two chunks out of it this morning that have been um, encouraging me. So in the first part, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 through 9, this is what he says. He says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light to shine in our hearts. To give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I love this, um, this imagery of, of, yes, we may have all these difficulties, but they haven't overtaken us, right? If we're fixing our eyes on Jesus. And, and I know it said that the God of this world, um, the enemy, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. But sometimes when I'm in a season of, of feeling discouraged or feeling like I've been struck down, doesn't it kind of feel like you're blinded? It kind of feels like a fuzzy vision. You're like, I really can't see where I'm going. I'm really not focused on what's ahead of me. I'm just kind of blinded. I'm distracted by what's in front of me. And that's really where I felt like I was. I was like, oh my goodness, Lord, like this scripture is speaking exactly to where I felt like I was. I felt like I couldn't really see what you wanted me to see because my eyes had been blinded. I wasn't looking at you. I wasn't fixing my eyes on you. Um, maybe you've been in that season before. Maybe you are in that season but this is what it says at the end of the chapter in verses 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what? Not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Isn't that amazing? He's like, hey, if this is where you are, I've got the answer for you. And it's fix your eyes on not on what is seen, which again is pretty much all of us in this physical world. This is what we see with our eyes. But he's saying all that's temporary. It's all going to go away. One day there's not going to be distractions. One day there's not going to be troubles. I want you to fix your eyes on what is unseen. And we can only do it through him, right? Like we can't do that on our own because we're physical beings, but we're also spiritual beings. And so he says, ask to see what I see. Fix your eyes on what is unseen, what he's doing in the spiritual realm, what he's doing in his kingdom. 
oh, I love that. Um, and then I thought, you know, some people might be confused. It's like, again, yes, like I know who Jesus is. I've heard about who Jesus is. But what am I really looking at? Who am I really looking at when I'm looking at Jesus, right? He's the Son of God. Um, he is uh, supernatural. Um, it's not something that we can always understand, not something that we can comprehend. And I've always loved the scripture in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And it says, um, and I even love this um, because this is the season that we're in. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in the last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed as the heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. Who is Jesus? The sun is the radiance. Again, there's all this language of light and brilliance and flame. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he provided purifications for his sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. When we look at Jesus, when we fix our eyes on him, we are seeing the exact representation of God. So when somebody says, oh, I've been looking at Jesus and he says this, this, or this, and it doesn't line up with who God is, who we know to be God, they're not looking at Jesus, right? Because even sometimes somebody can say, oh, yeah, I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus, I'm looking at him. But if they're not talking about something that looks like the exact representation of God, Again, they might be blinded. They may not have their eyes fixed on what he wants them to see. But I just love that. I don't know about you. I'm just somebody that wants to be sure of things. Um, and I can know by scripture that when I'm looking into the eyes of Jesus, when I'm fixing my eyes on him, that I am seeing the exact representation of who God is. Isn't that beautiful that he created his son to exactly represent him in all of his ways to us and that even I, I, I would love to have seen what he actually looked like as a person because getting to see Jesus I just wondered if they knew like he just he's different when I look into his eyes he's different I know Isaiah tells us that you know he wasn't a man of um, of majesty that we would look at him but it never really talked about his eyes. I just would have loved to have talked with somebody who actually got to look into the eyes of Jesus as a physical man. But the blessing, again, in the later days, he's spoken to us through his son. We get the privilege of asking him now to see his eyes, to see with his vision, to be fixed on him. And he's the exact representation of God. Then later in the book of Hebrews, this is after the hall of faith. This is in chapter 12. Um, and in verses 1 through 3, we see another um, in instruction and encouragement and invitation, as we always do, to fix our eyes on him. And he says, so again, the chapter 11 was the hall of faith, talking about all these um, men and women in Scripture who had um, been doing the will of Christ. And it says, Therefore, so talking about all of, their, um, all of their lives, and even at the end it says, not all of them got what they thought they were going to get, right? Not all of them got 
what was promised to them, maybe through their eyes. But he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those who have gone before, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Because for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down, again, at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider him, look to him, who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Um, Now, I'm going to talk about something else I like to do. Another reason that I love this verse is I do enjoy running. And so some of y'all don't just like totally zone out on me if you're like, oh my gosh, no, another sermon about running. But I love this because um, in scripture, when we get a glimpse of something, um, he did like talk in parables and and the teachers talked about things that they knew about, right? Like gardening and um, what it looked like to be in the kitchen making bread and stuff like that. And so Paul talks about this idea of running a race. I don't know if he was a runner, who knows? Um, but he talks about running this race with endurance. And I loved this because like every time, I didn't pick up running until I was in college um, because before that I was like, only if somebody's like coming to murder me, am I going to be running? You know, like I was that person. So if you're that person, you could still be a runner today. Um, come and talk to me afterwards. Um, and so, but I, the first time I went out on a run, my roommates conned me into it. They're like, it'll be fun. We're going to bond. I was like, let's just watch TV and bond. It's the same thing. And so we got out and she said, um, I want us to go running. And I was like, I've never ran before. Um, just warning you. And so she's like, it's fine. We'll work with you. And I remember, um, we were running around our campus and we started at this point and I was like, okay, I'm again, I'm not, I'm not going to be going very far. And she's like, Okay what about if we just go to that red light right there? And it wasn't very far. It was like the exit sign back there. And I was like, okay, yeah, I think I can get to the red light. And so I'm like starting and I'm just like really nervous. I'm like, the red light, the red light. And I'm like dying and I can't hold my breath. And I'm like, I can get to the red light. And we got there and I was like, yes, I made it. And she was like, I told you. And she said, I wanted you to know where you were going first. Because if she would have said, let's just start running and just stop when you feel like it, I would have been like, yep, that was great. Thank you. Okay. But because she said, let's, let's see if we can get there. And then we got there and of course I had to stop for like, I was like, oh my gosh, okay. Like really out of shape. The freshman 15 or 30 got me. Um, And so we were at that red light and then she goes, okay, you did it. Now we're going to go to that next red light. I was like, okay, the next red light the next red light and so I'm running and even if like I felt like I was gonna die or if my as my mom says her her lungs were gonna explode out of her chest when she started running it's like okay if I see where I'm going if my eyes are fixed on the goal I can get there I can get there and it wasn't even long and then before you know it it's like I'm running a 5k like I know there's a finish line somewhere like I may not be able to see it right now but I know that in 3.1 miles I'm gonna see the finish line. Or maybe you're like, I go out in my watch, they're like, I'm going to run 30 minutes. So when I see 30 minutes, I can do it. I can run until it says 30 minutes. 
It's like if you have that goal, or maybe for your kids, you know, you're like, hey, I need you to make your bed or something. Like, there's this cookie. If you, if you make your bed, some of us, maybe not for kids, maybe it's your husband or wife, hey, there's this cookie if you go out and do this. If you have your eyes fixed on the goal, you can get there. Fixing our eye, and what's the goal in this case, right? It's Jesus. It's him. He's the goal. So if I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus, yes, it talks about every sin that entangles everything when you're, you know, you, everything that you've been through. It's hard. It's tough. He's like, fix your eyes on him. That's how he did it. He said, for the joy set before him. How did Jesus endure the cross? He was a man. It was for the joy set before him. He was looking at something else even when he was on the cross. It was for the joy set before him. And he looks at us and he says, hey, you can do this. But the only way, the only way you're going to do it is to fix your eyes on me. Ask me what I'm doing. Ask me what I see. Not on what is seen, but what is unseen. And I was like, yes, that's it. I can do it if I know what I'm going towards. And that's the beautiful thing is that he tells us. Um, so in Colossians 1, 15 through 20, this is one of my favorite passages of scripture um, because it speaks to really, again, who Jesus is. So again, sometimes for me, I'm like, I, I really need to know what I'm going for. I really need to see the finish line. I need to really know what is in front of me. And again, we know that he's the exact representation of God. But this, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, this is who he is. And this is what he has for us. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things Hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That's the one that we get to fix our eyes on. That is the one who wants our gaze. That is the one who says, if you want to make it through this life, and not only make it, but be victorious, this is who we look to. This is who we're fixing our eyes on. And I don't know about you, but when I read that, I'm like, okay, if that's the finish line, if that's who I'm looking at, if that's the one that's cheering me on, telling me to get through the day, to get through the season, to get through this life, I can do it, right? If that's the one, I can do it. So what do you say this morning, church? I want us just to take a moment, and this really is, at least since I've been here, we haven't done anything like this, but I really wanted to play um, a clip of this song um, that has been sung in the prayer house and that has really just captivated me. Um, and I want us to take a minute this morning, and if you want to keep your eyes open, man, feel free to do that. If you need to close your eyes 
um, to focus, um, then please do that. But I want to play part of this song. And as we play, I just, um, I want to kind of prompt you of some things to ask for. I want to prompt you of some things um, that are going to help you hopefully focus your eyes on the Lord. Um, and man, um, I don't know about you, but um, I believe that he is a God that wants to reveal himself to us, right? And he wants us to ask. He delights when we ask to gaze on him. Just like a, um, a husband and wife would say, I want your full attention. Give me your eyes. I want to see you. Or just like you would with your kids, I want to see you. I want to look at you. He says the same for us this morning. He wants to take your face in his hands and say, look at me. Fix your eyes on me. Gaze at me, the lover of your soul, the one who knows um, everything about you and knows what he wants for you. Um, so if you want to go ahead and play that song, and again, if you want to keep your eyes open or close your eyes, um, the first thing is um, maybe just ask Jesus to reveal himself to you as he really is. Ask him to reveal who he really is to you this morning. Not who you've grown up hearing about. Not who your grandmother told you he is. Ask him, who are you really, Jesus? Show me. Jesus, you're beautiful. And I know that your eyes are like flames of fire. I know that your head is white as wool. I know your voice sounds like waters. Jesus, you're beautiful. Maybe even ask him to lock eyes with you this morning. To get your full attention this morning. What does he look like? What does he see?
looking for that. pray that um, he gave you a glimpse this morning of who he is, what he looks like, what he wants you to fix your eyes on. Um, and the beautiful thing about this is it's not something that we can just do in church, right? This is something that we can ask him for all the time, even in moments going throughout our day. Jesus, just show me what you see right now. He invites us into that, and that's what we get to do. Um, so as the, the worship team comes back up to end our time together, I just want to pray um, just this blessing over us from Ephesians. For this reason, ever since I've heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom ever and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Amen.